Hey, thank you. Y'all can be seated. Thank you so much for your kind and warm welcome. I feel, I feel really welcome, comfortable. I'm so uh, blessed and so impressed with, with how God has blessed you in this church, in this family here. It's just been a few years since I was here, and uh, man, you, the Lord has added to you. It's easy to get used to things, but the Lord has brought you a long ways, brought this church a long ways. And uh, here we are, got a full house tonight. It's making a difference in the valley. It's making a difference in the area. Do you believe that? More, more than we know more than we know because his word is eternal seed if he if he tarries his, the lord tarries his coming any length of time it will affect the next generation hallelujah like like pastor was saying the people ministering to the young ones and the little ones tonight they're growing up in an environment of faith they can be spared a lot of things you might have gone through right and start off at a different level and just have a, a better, more productive life. It's supposed, we're supposed to come up from generation to generation. We're not supposed to lose ground every generation. Well, do you believe the Lord's with us tonight? you believe we'll, we'll receive something that we need to receive? I do. Um, before we go further, I, I want us to release our faith as a group tonight. The Lord's led me this way numerous times, and every time he has led me this way, we've had miracles that night or that day. Um, one of the first times, this has been decades ago, that the Lord led me the way I'm going tonight. I was ministering at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry in, the, in Oklahoma at their uh, healing school. And the Lord prompted me to ask him to do miracles and release faith. Do you remember that the scripture said, Jesus said, uh, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Did he say that or not? If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And so uh, the Lord led me that way. And so we had the afternoon uh, service. And I just had everybody stand up, and we prayed a prayer, and we asked the Lord to work miracles in our midst. And uh, we did it this way. You know, the Lord does special things. I mean, you, you can lay hold by faith of what Jesus has bought and paid for anytime, anywhere. But he also does special things, signs, wonders. How many believe he still does signs and wonders today? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And, and so uh, the Lord led me this way. You know, Job, uh, he got healed when he prayed for his friends. You remember that? When, when the Lord prayed for his friends, the Lord turned his captivity. And it can be easier for you to believe for somebody else when you're not dealing with the symptoms. It can be. And, and one of the advantages to coming together in a group like this is that we can have an environment of corporate faith. And if your faith was a little weak, 
You can come in here, and, and if you've got faith in front of you, and faith behind you, and faith around you, it can boost you up enough to where you can receive what you've been coming short of. It's just the truth. It's one of the reasons why we should come together. And so what we did, I, I had everybody stand up. We prayed the prayer. We said, Lord, we ask you uh, to work miracles in our midst. I'm asking you to do something for my brother, for my sister that's in front of me or behind me. And, and see, you, you can't just ask, and that's the end of it. You must ask in faith. You must, and and one, of the, one of the clearest indicators of faith is expectation. If you're expecting something good to happen, there's an excitement that you have. If you don't have that excitement and expectation, it was just empty, vain words. You, you didn't get in faith. So we did that. And uh, I found this out later. I didn't know it at the time. But uh, I found out later that there were a couple there who were visiting from a few states away. And uh, like I said, I found this out the, the following day. That the woman was one of Brother Hagin's partners, had been for years. And her husband, though, was not a church-going man. And she, she could ask him over the years, take me out there. I want to go out there and see the campus and the facilities. I want to be in the service. He said, no, no, I don't want to go out there. And this was the same thing for year after year. Well, finally, the Lord gave her some wisdom, and she found out this. She said, uh, you know, there's some real nice lakes out there. And they say there's some good fishing around there, and he liked to fish. And you could take me out there, and I could go to the services, and you could go fishing. He said, well, that's another thing. That's, that's. And so he agreed to go. So they went. But in his words, he said, when we got out there, she sets in on me at the nag, and me says, come on, just go to one service. Just go to one. He said, no, I came to fish. She said, just go to one service, and then I'll leave you alone. You can go fish. Well, he did. And I was speaking that day, and that was the service I'm talking about, where I had everybody stand up and pray. And by the time the service was over, he was fit to be tied. <laughs> this I found out later. You know, he, he told her on the way out to the parking lot, he said, don't ever ask me to come back to it. He said, I thought that preacher would never shut up. He <laughs> said, I just, I don't ever ask me again. And they got in the car, and they're getting ready to go. And he reached up to rub the back of his neck, which he had gotten in the habit of because he had a growth on his neck that was almost half the size of his fist. And it had been there for some length of time, and he's used to, he, he reached up there to rub it. <laughs> and he told his wife, he said, put your hand back there. She put her hand back there. She said, oh, glory to God, glory to God. You've been, you've been healed. He said, Oh, he, he, he got the rear view mirror and he kicked it around and he tried to see. <laughs> it wasn't his faith. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is a special thing. This is a sign. This is a wonder. Not just a healing. It didn't happen gradually. I mean, it's gone. Where did it go? Well, contrary to all his fussing and cussing, he was back the next day. <laughs> and I met him after the service and led him in the sinner's prayer. Praise God. Somebody say, praise God. 
I believe we can have some of those kind of things happen right here. That was a little weak. Right here tonight. Stand on your feet. I want to lead you in this prayer. Now, it's very important. Now, it's not just saying words. After you, after we pray, after you sit down, and the next five minutes and the next 20 minutes, stay in faith. What do I mean by that? You believe God heard our prayer, and you are expecting. You're ex- what are you expecting? You're expecting the Lord to do things for people. In front of you, behind you. Is that right? We're not just doing this to be doing it. We're doing this in faith. We mean business. Let me lead you in a prayer. Say it out loud. Father God, Father God we, love you. we love you. You're our Father. You're our Father. We're your children. Thank you so much. We have faith in your goodness, in your mercy, in your power. We have faith in the authority of the name of Jesus. And you told us to ask anything in that name and you would do it. We're asking you, Lord. Work miracles in our midst. Manifestations and workings of your Holy Spirit and your holy angels. We don't just ask for ourselves. I ask for my brothers, my sister, behind me, in front of me, in the back of the room. In the side of the room. You know what they need right now. I'm asking for it. I'm asking for your power. A manifestation of your spirit. Right now. Here tonight. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Oh come on lift your hands. Thank the Lord. Lord, we worship you. Oh, we worship you. 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 We thank you. Thank you for working miracles in our midst. Thank you. Thank you for answering our prayers. Thank you for showing kindness and grace and goodness to us. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to minister some and and teach and preach some, but don't change gears and just get in your head and forget about what we prayed. Every few moments, remind yourself, I'm expecting, and just under your breath say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, when a manifestation occurs and uh, there's a manifestation of power in your body, 
when that happens and you know that God has done something in your body, I want you to just say it right out loud. You won't interrupt me. You won't interrupt anybody. I just want you to say it right out loud. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Now, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying that you're saying this by faith. Expect, I'm saying the power of God just manifested in your body. You know something has just changed. You felt it. You saw it. Then when that happens, you just say it right out loud. It'll, it'll be fine. I'm telling you to say it. You say it right out loud. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord. You give him the glory. You give him the credit. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. You can be seated. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord. Mark, I think I'll come down here again if that'll work. Can you see me? You can see me, can't you? I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, go to John, please. Second chapter. Talking about miracles tonight. And we're having them. Let me say, you, you think so? No, I know so. I know so. I've seen this before. Seen how it works. Sometimes the Lord will show me something that he's doing. And I may call it out. But that doesn't mean if I don't call it out, it's not happening. Because uh, he, he certainly doesn't tell me everything. He doesn't tell you everything that he's doing. But uh, things are happening already. Things are happening already. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I may, I may pause sometimes, and I'm not just uh, uh, pausing for no reason. I'm checking my heart. I'm, uh, the, the Spirit of God is moving. Things are happening. Actually, stomachs are being healed right now. Stomachs. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise God. If you've had anything wrong with your stomach, you ought to just put your hand on it right now and receive the healing power of God. Now, when I say stomach, anything to do with the digestive uh, system, intestines, colon, stomach, you don't have to live with stomach problems. Somebody didn't hear that. I said, you don't have to live. I don't care if you've had it. We, we actually had a, uh, did you hear that woman, Mike, that, she had had stomach problems for, she said, 50 years. We were in Chicago a couple of days ago. She's totally healed by the power of God. What'd she say? She went out to McDonald's? She got what? Quarter pounder with cheese and fries and drank a big soft drink. And what? And a big soda. Hadn't been able to do that in years and years and years. Ate it. Didn't bother her at all. The Lord's no respecter of persons. Hmm? If you've had anything wrong with your stomach, believe you receive right now. Just believe that healing power comes into you and is working in you. Sometimes the, the healing power of God feels like heat, like a warmth, like a mild warmth. And it can be so strong, it's uncomfortably hot. But don't let it bother you, it's working on you. It's healing you. Hallelujah. Healing is taking place. Are you in faith or not? No skepticism now. No doubting. Are you in faith? What are you believing for? Help me out. Are you, 
God is doing things behind you, in front of you. Thank you, Lord. In John, the second chapter, we see the account of the first miracle in the ministry of Jesus. In John 2 and verse 1, It says, the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, don't let it annoy you, but pretty often I'm going to stop and ask you, are you expecting? Because if you quit, then your faith turned off. Hmm? All night tonight you got a job. Come on, are you with me or not? Are you doing your job? You're expecting. Not just for yourself. Now, you'll take something for yourself, but you're expecting the Lord to answer. Did he say, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it? Did we ask? Did we ask in faith? That means we believe he heard us. We believe our petition is granted, and we're expecting. We are expecting, and because we're expecting, we're excited. These are great things, good things. God does things faster than you can blink your eye that nobody could fix in 40 years. Hallelujah. One of the benefits of coming to church. John 2, the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. This is the key to miracles. I know that's a big phrase, the key, but it is. The key to miracles. There are three simple steps to getting a miracle. And this is the middle one. Three simple steps. Number one, you got to hear from the Lord. You must hear from Him. That's how faith comes. Comes by hearing. Number two, once you've heard from Him, whatever He said to you, do it. Number three, not even your part. He does it. (laughs) He does it. What's number one? So many people skip number one. They run past number one. You must hear from him. Now, when I say miracle, I'm not just talking about a healing miracle. I'm talking about a financial miracle. I'm talking about any kind of miracle. Number one is, you, you know, he's not obligated to do just anything you decide you want to do or to support just anything. You decide you want to do. But once you've heard from him, you don't have to talk him into blessing something that was his idea. Hmm? Or providing for something or supporting something that that is his plan. So once, once you've heard from him, you do it, and then he does the work. Here you see that his mother just turned to him and said, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, it'll take faith to do what he tells you to do. Every time it'll take faith because it'll, it'll look like, you know, why do that? Uh, your head will get in the way if you let it. 
And you see that right here because just a few moments later, uh, the, the Bible said there, there were six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece, two, two big, uh, container, uh, big containers, I should say, six of them. And Jesus said to them, what? Fill the water pots with water. Yeah, but they don't need water. You see what I'm talking about? Your head will get in the way if you let it. Well, what, what's that got to do? We, we need this. Why do I need to do that? And if you let it, your reasoning, your logic will keep you out of a miracle. It's real simple, though. Whatever he says to you. Hmm? If he says, go wash in the river like he told Naaman. Right? And Naaman said, what? I got good rivers in my own country. Right? I mean, he, he's, re, he's trying to reason, and he almost missed his miracle. Until the guy that was riding with him said, look, you know, we came all this way. We were prepared to do these big things. Why don't we just go do what he said? We're here. Let's do it. And the moment they did it, his, his flesh was cleansed. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. The Lord, you know, put mud in, in, in a man's eyes and told him to go wash it off. Your head will say, what? I don't need any mud in my eyes. I need healing. What you need is to do whatever he told you to do. That is the key. So he tells them, fill the water pots with water. And the reason this story is in the book is because of the next sentence. They did. <laughs> they filled them up. Is that right? They didn't argue with him. They didn't say, look. And you got to understand, in those days, you didn't just run a garden hose and turn it on and fill them up. You had to go to the well. You had to let down your bucket. You had to pull it up and draw it up. It took a lot of buckets and a lot of hauling. And it makes you hot and it makes you sweaty. And you're supposed to be serving at the party. Where are you? Where are the guys? Right? And then when they fill the water pots with water, he said, draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast and they bear it. What are you doing right now? Help me out. Help me. What are you doing? Huh? See, don't, don't just get in your head. You're expecting. You're expecting. Thank you, Lord. So let's just lift our hands and thank him some right now. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for working miracles in our midst. Thank you for doing great and good things. Thank you for blessing my brothers and my sisters. Thank you for doing for them just exactly what they need right now. We're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we feel. We believe in your miracles. All things are possible to you, and all things are possible to those that believe. And we believe. We believe. We believe. I believe. Hallelujah. I believe. Let me ask you a question. When did the water turn to wine? When? When did the water turn to wine? 
We know when they filled the water pots with water, it said water. So we can assume it was still water. Right? Then he said, bear, take some and bear it, serve the governor. So at some point, as they dipped it out and served it to him as though it was not water, it became water. How many believe this actually happened? That this liquid changed on a molecular level. Not over a period of time, in a moment of time. It changed into something else. That means a liver that is diseased and toxic can change into a clean, healed liver. Just like that. Just like that. It's happened. Hallelujah. That means a heart that is congested and failing can be cleansed and cleared just like that. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Yes, God can do anything. No, nothing's too hard for him. When did the miracle happen? Now, here's a revelation many have not seen. God works miracles with us. With us. How many remember 1 Corinthians 3 talks about we are laborers together with God? Labor means work. We, we are workers together with God. 1 Corinthians 12 mentions one of the nine manifestations of the Spirit as the working of miracles. Do you remember that? Work, why, why working? Working. Working. We are workers together with him. What, what does it mean, working of miracles? God, in his wisdom, in his graciousness, has chosen to include us in the process of working of miracles. So many have just tried to make it all up to God. And that God will do it if and when he decides to. And you'll notice among people like that, it seems that he never wants to. It just never happens. It's because they're believing wrong. He doesn't do these things just independently of us. He's included us in the process. Go with me to the book of uh, Joshua, please. Tell me you're still expecting all right. Joshua chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Lord's still, still working on stomachs. Still healing stomachs. Man, if you go out of here with your stomach not healed, you missed a great opportunity. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do it. You do not have to be fearful about what you eat. There's no reason. You, you should be able to be healed and eat like anybody else. Don't let the devil lie to you and rob you and limit you. 
but now you'll have to change what you say. If you say, I, I can't, ooh, I can't touch that. I'm allergic to that. Ooh, I can't be around that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Then you will always be limited. Your words have bound you and limited you. But if you'll believe God, he can change you. He can change your internals. He can change your glands. He can change your immune system faster than you can blink your eyes. And you can get free. I said you can get free. But you got to quit confessing that you're allergic to this and you can't touch this and you can't eat this and you can't drink this. I mean, I ministered to people back years ago when I was at the healing school that were allergic to air. I mean, they wore masks all the time and gloves. I ministered to people that were allergic to people. That's a problem. <laughs> allergic to people. No, he laughed. But they, they lived virtually in prison. Can't leave their house. Had to keep all the windows and doors shut and all these massive filters going and all these gloves. That's bondage. I said, that's bondage. That's the enemy imprisoning you and always having to request something special and never being able to eat what other people eat. You can be healed, friend. I said you can be healed, but you must stop clinging to that deficiency as part of your identity that makes you special. You'll never be healed if you use it for pity or sympathy, if you use it to get out of doing work, if you use it for attention, it'll stay with you from now on and get worse. But you could be healed. And you're in the right place tonight. Things are happening right while you said The Bible said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The Word of God, He is healing people right now, right here, in your seat. Hallelujah. It is. It is. It is. It is. Hearts are being healed. Hearts are being healed. Some things you, you can't tell because it's internal. But you can tell later when you do things or activities, hearts are being healed. Chambers are being restored and healed. Vessels are being healed. The strength of the muscle is being healed. God, just, just the touch of the Holy Spirit can change diseased, dead gray tissue into living pink tissue. I just, just, he made you. He made you. He made the human body. He made the heaven and the earth. Healing is a small, easy thing for him. Easy, easy. And he wants to do it everywhere, all the time, if, if he can find faith, if he can find somebody that will believe him. And right here in Boise tonight, he found some faith. He found some, there's faith here tonight. Faith here tonight. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so it is, I perceive by the Spirit of God, allergies are being healed right now. Yes, they are. Now, if that's you, come on, receive it by faith. If that's you, just take in by faith, believe you take into yourself the healing power of God. 
I, I declare it in Jesus' name, that name above every name. Deficiencies in the immune system or the digestive ability or the, the, the breathing, the respiratory system or, or skin sensitivity. I speak to it to be changed in the name of Jesus and be loosed, loosed from these limitations and be healed of allergies allergies and reactions to things and sensitivities that you ought not have. Be loosed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Do you receive it? Do you receive it? Do you receive it? Hallelujah. When do miracles happen? When? People wait year after year after year. Hoping for a miracle because they think it's all up to God. But in his graciousness and in his wisdom, he's chosen to include us in the working of miracles. Do you remember what happened with Moses and all the signs and wonders that God wrought in Egypt? He did it in connection with Moses. Could he have done it independently of a man? He's God. He's the Almighty. But he has chosen. This is the way he does things. He'd tell Moses, now when you stretch out your rod and you say or do this, then this is going to happen. When did the miracle happen? When? Exactly when Moses did what the Lord told him to do. Is that right? Is that coincidence? That it didn't happen before it, it didn't happen after it, it happened right then. Right then. When did the water turn into wine? Exactly when they did what he told them to do. The moment they dipped it out and they put it in the cup, the moment they served, somewhere in those moments of them doing what he told them to do, a miracle happened. It turned into something totally different. He does that with blood. If he can turn water into wine, he can turn diseased blood into healthy blood. Is that right? AIDS is not hard for God to heal. Not any, you, you gotta, you gotta, well, it seems hard to me. Well, it's impossible to you, but to God... <laughs> Healing AIDS is no harder than, than a, a mild headache. I mean, you, he cleanses blood. Problems with the red blood cells, the white blood cells, whatever the case might be, he can, just the life of God can go sparkling through your circulatory system. Hallelujah. Faster than you can try to think or imagine how it's working, and your blood, your, your, your blood molecules and your, your blood cells change on a cellular level. And instead of dying young, you stay around so long, people get tired of seeing you. <laughs> Just keep living and living and living and living. <laughs> 
with long life. He'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Come on, is that your confession? Am I quoting scripture? Say it out loud. With long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Now that is the, the end of Psalm 91. And it, it, it's not a separate thought. It goes together. Why, why would you say that? Because the, the plague didn't come now you're dwelling and kill you when you were 25. The arrow that flew by day didn't kill you when you were 35, 45. Are y'all with me? And all the things, this world's a dangerous place, man. All the things that didn't kill you, the Lord kept you until by the end of it you can say, with long life, he satisfied me and showed me his salvation. I, I was in this evil world with all of this dangers and curse and evil and problems, but I dwelt in the secret place of the Most High. There was, long before you ever heard of Star Trek or Star Wars, God had force fields. Yes, he does. He had one over his entire people in the land of Egypt. Do you remember that? I mean, when the disease had come sweeping through the land, killing everything in his path, it would get to the border of Goshen. Now, Goshen, it would have been like the state line between one state and another. I mean, there's no fence. There's no anything. But it ran, again, it ran into something it couldn't penetrate. The power of God can keep us in the midst of, of whatever kind of disease or, or flu or, or plague might be going on. If we won't fear it and if we'll trust in him, we can be kept in the midst of it, kept so that we can live our entire life, run our full race, which is going to go by. You live 100 plus. It's going to go by so fast. So no need to let the enemy cut it short. You need to make up your mind right now. God's bigger than anything. He's bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any disease. He's bigger than crime and car wrecks or anything else. Come on, y'all with me? And I will live. I will live and serve him until God and I get good and ready for me to go. I don't have to go with a stinking disease. I don't have to go with some accident or some crime. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to live. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to finish my course. The devil has no say in my life. I rejected him. He no longer has anything to do with me. Jesus is my Lord. And my Savior, I've been delivered out of all the power of darkness. And I will live and not die. Young and prematurely and wrong. I will, the one scripture says, let me die the death of the righteous. And let my last end be like his. And it mentions the, the death of some of, God, some of the patriarchs. How that one called his family in prophesied over him, pulled his feet up in the bed, and gave up the ghost. No tubes, no drugs, no machines, no pain, 
you can go this way. Are y'all with me? You, you, you don't have to go through the jaws of torment. It's possible to die the death of the righteous. Run your race, finish your course, and then like a hand coming out of a glove, your spirit slips out of your body. You won't have to shoot it or put a disease on it. When your spirit leaves, it'll fall on the ground. The body without the spirit is dead. Hallelujah. Are you still expecting? Are you still? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Feet are being healed. Feet. Feet are being You need your feet. You need to be able to walk and move and do what you need to do. Feet are being healed from old injuries. Old injuries. God made the feet. He can easily restore a bone, restore a joint, restore cartilage, sinew, muscles. Is that right? If you've had anything wrong with your feet, just take it by faith. Just, just say, I receive it. I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive into my feet. And if the Lord deals with you to move your foot or do something, remember, he includes us in the process. You'll see this right here in Joshua in what happened to them. Joshua, the third chapter, and about the fifth verse here. Thank you, Lord. The Lord's helping us tonight, can you tell? Thank you, Father. Joshua, chapter 3, verse 5. The Lord Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He's always been a God of wonders. We don't, just, we don't have to talk just about the wonders that happened long ago. He wants to do wonders right now. Wonders right now. Anyway, um, he told them, uh, he gave, the Lord gave instructions to them in verse uh, 12. He said, now therefore take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe of man, and it'll come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they'll stand upon an heap. This is a similar thing to what happened at the Red Sea where God parted the waters and the people went across on dry ground. Now this is a miracle in anybody's book. This is a, and he's talking about this river which at this point I guess was even flood stage and, and flowing swiftly and high and he said you're going to step into this and when you do the flow is going to stop. And what's already there is going to flow on down, and you're going to walk across on dry ground. That's a miracle. But I want you to notice when the miracle happened. When. Tell me, the, tell, tell me how you get a miracle again. Number one. Hmm? And I'm going to put you a, a sub-note on this. You know, the note says, don't skip number one. 
<laughs> and then before you get to number two, I'm going to put a prefix before that. You know what it says? Did you do number one? <laughs> huh? And then a side note, if you have any questions, refer to number one. <laughs> What's number one? You have to hear from him about your situation. You can't run past that. You can't look to somebody else to tell you what to do. When you need a miracle from God in any area of your life, I don't know if it's your marriage, if it's dealing with your kids, if it's your finances, if it's your body, whatever it may be, God is still always will be the miracle working God. He wants, don't you let somebody tell you he might not want to do it. He wants to do it. Now, he, he, he won't do it the way you thought. He'll do it a myriad of different ways than what you imagine. But what do you care as long as you get the results, right? As long as, long as you don't care, you want him to get the glory. And that's one of the ways that he does. But you must hear from him. We know that James says faith without works or action, faith without doing is dead. But doing without faith is dead too. You can't have faith if you hadn't heard from the Lord. And that's why you hear some of these bad stories about people who are trying to do things. You know, they threw their medicine away and, and died. Or they, they did this or did that. No, no. It's not do, just doing something that moves God. It's hearing from him, doing what he told you to do. Come on, y'all with me. Then watch number three. He does it every time. He will do the work. But he includes us in the process. In uh, keep, keep reading here. He told them what to do, and uh, verse 14 then, and it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. Now, you've you got to get the picture here. <laughs> These are the preachers, and they've got the ark of the covenant with the poles on their shoulders and their robes on. And this river, I mean, y'all got rivers up here. This river is rushing, buddy. And what are you going to do? We're going to walk into this thing with the Ark of the Covenant, with our good clothes on. <laughs> say what? Locals would say, you're about to drown. We're about to see some drownings. They're going to be swept down the river, may never see them again. And... If you didn't hear from the Lord, that very well could be what happened, right? You're trying to show off. You're trying to demonstrate to somebody how much faith you've got. Huh? Yeah. What's the difference? You either heard from him or you didn't. And that's why I kept on might see number one. If you need to pray, I mean, if you need to fast and pray for three days, it'd be worth it to hear from God. Is that right? You're not trying to make God move. That's not how this works. You just know I got to hear from him to know what to do about this situation. And once you've heard from him, you can go ahead and start shouting right then because you got it. You got it. All you got to do now 
is go do what he said. Just go do what he said and then watch him work. He'll never let you down. Never fail you. So what happened? It said, it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, as they bear the Ark, they were, they, when they come to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overflows all its banks all the time of harvest. So this thing is flooded and it's rushing. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam that's beside Zarathan, and those that came down toward the Sea of the Plain, even the Salt Sea, failed. They're cut off, and the people passed right over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Do you believe this happened? Did it happen just this way? When did it happen? When did the miracle occur? Hmm? The moment their feet hit the water. Is that right? Why? Could God have done it before or, or after or independently? Well, he's God. I won't say what he can or can't do, but I know this. He has ordained. He has chosen that most of the time miracles work in conjunction with something he told us to do. And so many times people think they're waiting on him, waiting on him, and it's just not the case. The moment we do what he told us to do, there'll be a manifestation of power. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We believe in miracles. Miracles in our midst. Miracles are happening tonight. Miracles are happening right here. Right now. Right now. Thank you, Lord. Good things are going on. Good things are happening. Go to Mark 3. Let's look at another one of these. Stay hooked. Tell me what you're expecting. Tell me what you're How could I tell if you really were expecting? There is, I'm not talking about just making a bunch of noise now, but there is a genuine excitement of expectation. If you're not excited, you're not expecting. If you're not expecting, you're not in faith. If you're sitting back going, I don't know about all that. We'll see. (laughs) You ain't helping. You're dead weight right now. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Because things really do happen, not just independently of us, but how many times did Jesus look at people in his ministry and say, according to your faith? Did he say it or not? According to your faith, as you have believed, so be it done to you. That's, That's when the manifestation happens. When we have enough faith to say and do and act on what we genuinely heard from him. Mark 3, did you, did you get over there? Mark 3 and verse 1. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We need to praise him a little bit more. Just lift your hands. Let's thank him for what he's doing in our midst. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for healings. Thank you for manifestations of your spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I see that. I see that. The Lord has given us uh, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. You don't have to suffer from depression. And you don't have to take medications to fight depression the rest of your life. Are you listening to me, friends? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You do, you do have to take responsibility for what you think. And stop believing lies that you can't help what you think. Your mind is your mind. The Lord's not going to control it for you. He's not. He will help you to do something with it. And the devil can't. Did you hear that word? Cannot force you to think on things and dwell on things that you choose not to. Now, he lies to people all the time and tells them you, you can't help it. He brings feelings. He brings thoughts. And if you've been used to yielding to it and just sliding into depression for days at a time, and if you've done this for years, you'll do it without even thinking about it. You've trained yourself to do it. But you've got to take some responsibility. When thoughts come, this is, where, this is real spiritual warfare. Our weapons are not carnal. But they are real, and they are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, what? Imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in Christ, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I was down south preaching about some of these things. This has been a couple of years ago now. And the Lord dealt with me. I call the message, slap it down. <laughs> slap it down. And uh, it's another way of saying, cast it down. What is it? When a thought comes that is not right, what do you do? Sit there and cry and say, I wish I didn't think this and feel like this. No, cast it down. Do something about it. Grab that thing and throw it down and say, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and think this. I'm not going to sit here and yield to this. And uh, after, just uh, not long after that uh, service, I got a testimony. Actually, well, actually, I found out about the next year. But uh, a few months after that, there was a young woman there who was with child. And they, she found out right after that that they said there were serious complications with the child. And she, she said that the Lord brought that message back to her just like that, slap it down. What does that mean? Oh, the, the baby's not going to make it. The baby's not going to survive. The baby will be deformed. The baby this. You, you, you are now in a spiritual battle. Come on, can you see this? And what you do with this is going to determine the outcome. I know people don't believe it, but it's the truth. 
You cannot just sit there and cry and be miserable and feel sorry for yourself. That shows you are accepting those thoughts. You are receiving those fears. And it allows the enemy access to steal, kill, and destroy. She said she'd grab that thought and say, no, you don't. No, you don't. She'd slap it down. I, I preached on this one time, and this fellow came up after the service. He said, Brother Keith, I know what that is. He said, every mind needs a bouncer at the door. <laughs> well, I guess that's his background, but every, every mind needs a bouncer at the door. But he's got a good point. When a thought comes to you, do not just swing the door open and invite it in and let it in. Open the little eye hole and go, where are you from? <laughs> Who are you? Because <laughs> we have been given a specific list of things to think about. Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just and pure, lovely, then any virtue, any praise, good report, think on these. So you got a list. And so when thoughts and feelings come, you go, you ain't on the list. You ain't on the list. <laughs> You're not true. You're not a good report. You're a bad report. There's no virtue. They're not praiseworthy. No, you can't come in. You're not on the list. Get out of here in Jesus' name. And don't just be passive about it. Slap it down. Slap it down. Slap it down. You're not going to make it. Say, what? What? Say, what? Where do you come from? God told me I can do all things through Christ. Who are you? Come in here lying to me, contradicting God. Come here. Come here. Come here. Huh? You'll never make it. What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> Cast it down. Knock it down. Slap it down. Do not, you know, pull the blinds, put a cold, cold cloth on your head and lay there and just let the thoughts depress you and let the feeling. That's you making a big mistake of yielding to this ugly stuff. Now, if you're going to be free, you've got to stop that. And the reason why I believe the Lord led me to say all that is because he is delivering people from depression right now, right here. And the miracle power of God is already working, but you've got to know what to do when you get home so that you don't lose what God does for you here tonight. I want you to say it with me in Jesus' name. I resist every spirit of heaviness. I rebuke every spirit of depression. I don't want you. Leave me. Leave this place. Leave my house. Go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I had one, one time in the healing school. A man I found out later, I didn't know at the time, he was a reputed uh, a surgeon. Tops in his field. 
But he had, uh, because of the long hours and all this, he had started taking drugs. He has access to all these drugs. And he started taking things to keep him awake and then taking things to put him to sleep. And, and he became addicted. In his words, hopelessly addicted. And it messed up, you know, his marriage and it messed up his family and messed up his profession. And he also had had a fall and broke his ankle. And so he had a, a cat, temporary cast on his uh, on his uh, foot. And he was there for a few days. When he came up in the healing line, I laid hands on him. Uh, the Lord led me to lay hands on him, and, and I didn't know all the details, but to say in the name of Jesus, uh, oppression be broken. He told me later, he said, it he said I didn't realize it, but it he said, when you said that, it felt like a band just popped off of my head. Because he had gotten used to it, didn't realize it was there over a period of time, and he noticed the, that afternoon he had no craving for the drug. No craving for it. And I talked to him months and a year and a half later, still not didn't use one time. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It just broke from off of him like a... Uh, like a band from off of his head. But then he looked at me, and, and, and he, tears were running down his face. Now, this is a really intelligent guy. He's tops in his field, but he's experiencing the power of God. Like, he never experienced it before. He looked at me. He looked down at that cast. And I didn't tell him to do this, but apparently the Lord told him. He reached up. He's a doctor. He's a surgeon. He's got a broken, he's got x-rays of it. He took that thing off. He said, in the name of Jesus, and he stepped on it. Now, I don't recommend you do that unless the Lord tells you to do that. But he did, and instantly it was healed. Swelling went down. He's a surgeon. He didn't, the reason he had the temporary thing on was because it was going to require a surgery and then a permanent cast. Now, it was healed. He walked on it the rest of the day, with a, the next day, the rest of the week with a shoe on. Never needed the surgery. Glory to God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? When did it happen? When did the miracle happen? The moment he did what the Lord told him to do. That moment, we're involved in the process. Faith without action or doing is dead. Dead faith produces no results. But got to hear from him first. That's how it comes. Notice in... Uh, I'm not, I'm not quite through. The reason I was saying all that is because the Spirit of God was and still is moving, delivering people from oppression and heaviness and depression and confusion. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to be that way. But you do have to take responsibility for what you think. And don't let the devil lie to you. So say it out loud. It won't hurt anybody to say this. Say it out loud. My mind... Is my mind. I don't have to think anything I choose not to think. Is that true or not? The Lord won't force you to think things. The devil can't. Now he can bring them to you 500 times a day, but you can resist them 500 times a day. You can cast them down 500 times a day. 
And one of the greatest weapons that you have against mental attack is right under your nose. It's your mouth. Huh? It's right up. What do you say? You cannot declare something with your mouth boldly and think something else in your mind. When you declare something with your mouth, it overrides your thought processes and superimposes what you're saying on your mind. You believe it or not? Let's do a little experiment. I'm going to have you count mentally from 1 to 25. Not audibly. When I tell you to start, you'll start. Concentrate. Don't lose your place. But while you're doing that, I'm going to lead you in a confession. You say what I say like I say it, but don't lose your place. Are you ready? Focus. Concentrate. Okay, start counting mentally, 1 to 25 now. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Don't lose your place. Come on, focus, concentrate. I'm free in the name of Jesus. I'm free in Jesus' name. Where's your count? Where's your count? Huh? Where's your count? Friend, this is revelation. You have such a powerful weapon right under your nose. If the enemy's messing with you and you feel, don't just sit and wage a silent mental battle. Wrong thoughts come and you think, "Mm, mm, mm, no, right thought, right thought, right thought. Wrong thought, wrong thought, wrong thought. No, no, right thought, right thought. Wrong thought, right thought, wrong thought, right thought. That's how, or after a few minutes or an hour, you'll find yourself having sat there and thought about the wrong thing for a length of time. Don't do that. Open your mouth. Put the Word of God in it. Start saying, I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God that passes understanding. Keep in my heart. Keep in my mind. Hmm? Say things. Say it in Jesus' name. Resist that. And, and even though if you've had a lot of trouble, you know, you, then you've trained yourself. You'll have to watch about slipping back into it. But you can, over a relatively short period of time, you'll get to the place where you'll go all day and not even think about that. Then you'll go days and not even think about it. You'll go weeks and not think. You are free. Hallelujah. But say it one more time. My mind is my mind. I never have to think about things I don't choose to. No. And we got a list. And if you're not on the list, you better watch out. Is that if you're not on the list, you get to slap. Slap it down. Slap it down. Hallelujah. The Lord has already delivered some people. Right in here, right tonight, delivered some people from some oppression and heaviness. Hallelujah. How many know that your mistakes are not greater than the blood of Jesus? 
I've had people look at me. I, I, I've had a man one time look at me and say, yeah, but now, preacher, you, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been. I said, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. You're, you're foolish to think your sin is worse than the blood is powerful. No, no. And if your sin, if the scripture says your sins and your iniquities, he doesn't remember anymore, why would you keep bringing them up? Why would you keep talking about them? And when it comes to emotional healing and healing of the, the inner man and inner parts, this is something that you must practice. I was, uh, I came to some people's house one time and they had a little, a little girl, she was just a few years old, and she came running over to me and she said, look, 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 Brother Keith, where uh, she fell down on her bike and skinned her knee. So she wanted to show me. And so then she throws her knee up and her mother had put a nice bandage on it and everything. She grabs it and tears it off. And rips off all the healing that had been happening for the last day. And she, she pulls it open. She wants me to see how bad it is. And I'm thinking, no, no, quit. No, leave the Band-Aid on. But she, she, she pops it up in my face. She rips it open. She wants me to see how bad it is. How bad it is. She was going down the hill. Hit the, hit, fell off her bike. How bad. And, and while she was doing that, the Lord said, pay attention. Pay attention. He said, people are doing this right and left. They asked me to heal them, and then they want to tell people how bad it was again. And they'll tear off the Band-Aid, and they'll tear off the healing, and they go through the details of it again and again to tell how terrible it was, and they relive it. And so what happens? It doesn't heal. You don't heal. But how many know if you injured something, and you know, six years ago, and you're still not healed? Something's wrong. I said, something's wrong. Even if you were terribly mistreated, if you were abused, whatever, I'm not, I'm not making light of it. But God's bigger than that. He can heal you to the point it does not limit you. It does not alter your personality, is God this big or not? Is he this yeah. big or not? Yeah. But you've got to forgive. I said you've got to forgive. And you've got to let him heal it, which means you've got to quit talking about it. You've got to quit telling it. You've got to quit reliving it. Stop reliving it. Telling people how bad it is and how terrible it is. The reason I'm doing, the reason I'm talking about it is because he wants to pour in some healing in that right now and, and once and for all get you past this if you'll receive it. So everybody said out loud, we don't want to embarrass anybody, but everybody said out loud, Lord, I thank you. You're my healer. Nothing's too hard for you. You restore my soul. Forgive me for talking about things, rehashing things, reliving things, telling other people about it. That's ignorant. That's foolish. That gets in the way. 
of what you're doing. I'm changing that now. I'm asking you, pour in the oil and the wine of your Holy Spirit. Heal me. Restore my soul. Make me whole. I receive it. I receive your peace. And I won't reopen the wound. I receive healing now. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Come on, just lift your hands and begin to thank him. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for making us whole. Thank you for restoring us. Restoring us. Restoring us. No hurt is bigger than your healing power. No damage, no injury is so bad you can't make it right. You're greater than all. Greater than all. Greater than all. My Father is greater than all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't believe the devil's lies. You don't have to live hurt. You do have to forgive. And sometimes people say, well, you don't know what they did to me. It doesn't matter as far as you forgiving. You have to forgive or you won't be forgiven. Did Jesus say that or not? This is serious, friend. And the thing is, it's got nothing to do with how you feel. Forgiveness is compared to release of debt. Remember the what we call the Lord's Prayer? Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. So sin and offense is compared to a debt. If somebody owed you $1,000, if there was paperwork on it, you could decide, I'm going to release them from that debt. You could call them in. You could say, here, you know, I'm tearing up the paperwork or I'm giving you the thing that shows that it's paid, uh, you don't owe me anymore. Well, if three days later you get a bill and you think, man, I could use that $1,000, did you release it or not? No matter how much you might want it or think you might, your feelings happen afterwards, did you do it or not? It's not based on feelings. And you do the same thing, you just do it by faith. And you say, Father, I forgive them by faith. It's got nothing to do with how I feel. I release them. Somebody needs to do that right now. Come on, let's say it out loud. Father, I forgive them. Come on, now think just a moment. If there's something you've been holding on to, it it gets in the way of your healing. Can't hold a grudge. Can't hold it. You you don't have to feel wonderful towards them. It's an act of faith. Say it out loud. I forgive them by faith as an act of my will and obedience to the word. I release them. I forgive them. Father, I ask you to forgive them. They owe me nothing. No recompense. No restitution. No explanation. No apology. I tear up the paperwork. They owe me nothing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, if something comes up to you tomorrow about what they said or did, you just say it immediately. Uh Uh-uh, I've released them. I've forgiven them. They owe me nothing. Next week, anything comes up, you say, "Uh uh-uh, I forgive them. They owe me nothing. Why? 
you're not just doing this for their sake. You're doing this for your sake. So that you're not hindered, so that you're not hampered, so that you're not, you don't have some hurt that you're carrying around the rest of your life. You don't have to. God is bigger than that. Bigger than that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know it. You know it. When the power of God manifest in you, you know it. You know it. Hallelujah. There's some other people who should have already said that because they know the power of God's already manifested in their body. Just let's, let's practice and say it out loud. Thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord for healing me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Man, I'm, I'm so stirred. Life is going to be different for some people. They're not going to suffer from these bouts of depression anymore. They're not going to be dependent on medication to live a semi-normal life. They're going to live a, a free life, liberated life. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed, unquestionably free. Don't believe lies. You don't have to be scarred by that the rest of your life. You don't have to be limited. You don't have to be incapacitated. You don't have to be emotionally shut off or any of a hundred other things. You can be completely free. Completely free. Because the blood of the Lamb is bigger than anybody's sin. And the greater one is bigger than any damage. And the healing power of God is bigger than any distress or any problem. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We were going to read in Mark 3. Do you remember that? But I want the Holy Spirit to interrupt me anytime. Anytime. Amen. Anybody remember that? Peter was preaching, you remember, to the Gentiles. And while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell. Just messed up Peter's, Peter's sermon. Man, I'll take that anytime. 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 <laughs> uh, Mark 3, Jesus entered again into the synagogue, and there was a, he, he, a man there which had a withered hand. What's withered? His hand is withered. They watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. Now this is something. These opponents of Jesus expected miracles there today. <laughs> That's better faith than a lot of Christians today. Why? Even though they're scoffing, and looking to find fault, they're telling each other, ah, you see that? See that sick guy over there? See that withered hand? You just watch it. You just watch it. He's going to heal him today, I'm telling you. You can just watch it. Sabbath day and all. <laughs> Would God, we were, we were that simple in our faith. Sick man in the room plus Jesus in the room equals healing today. Healing today. And Jesus said to the man that had the withered hand, stand up. 
Stand up and come here. And what did, what did all these uh, religious leaders say? I told you, I told you. <laughs> what? Just watch. He's going to heal him. Just watch. <laughs> then he looked at them. He said, because they're so, claim to be so big on the law. Well, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil? To save life or to kill? They had no answer. They just sat there and didn't say anything. When he looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, ungodly religion is one of the meanest, cruelest things on the planet. It will hurt you. It will berate you. It will kill you and give you scriptures why it's okay. The Lord despises it. He was angry about it. Because they didn't, they, they cared about their rules. They didn't care about somebody who's in need getting a miracle. They would have been excited somebody could get a miracle. If it would have been their hand, they'd have been interested in it. He looked around and he told the man, stretch forth your hand. Now let's just stop right here. We, we, if you've read the rest of the passage, you know a miracle happened here. But if we stop right there, has a miracle manifested yet? No. For years I read that passage and I thought when he said stretch forth your hand, I thought he extended his arm. It didn't say extend your arm. What did he say? Yeah, but his hand is withered. Come on, can you see this? He can't extend. He can't stretch forth his hand. It's withered. What did the Lord tell him to do? And with something like that that you're carrying around for who knows how long, maybe years, how many times did he try to make this hand work? How many times did he try to do something with it and you can't? Why would it be any different now? Because you got number one. <laughs> I said, because you got number one. When you got number one, it's all cruising from here. Right? Why would it be any different now? Because the Lord told him, stretch forth your hand. And yet still, there's no manifestation of power. If you read in the book of Acts, what is it, the 14th chapter or so, Paul went and preached to some people, and there was a man there that had been lame from his mother's womb, never had taken a step, and the Bible said this man heard Paul preach, and then Paul perceived that the man had faith to be healed. If you stop right there, there's no healing, there's no power, there's no miracle, and yet the man has faith to be healed. Is it possible to have faith to be healed and not be healed? Yes. Why? Faith must be released in word and deed. That's when Paul looked at him and said, stand up on your feet. Well, he can't. Never taken a step. What's different now? The Spirit of God spoke to him through Paul. He's heard from the Lord. When you hear from the Lord, faith comes. With this man, when the Lord told him, stretch forth your hand, what happened? He made the effort. 
Even though many times he had tried it and failed and nothing would work, he made the effort to stretch out that hand. And when he reached the end of what he could do, he met the power of God. Hallelujah. When did the miracle occur? Oh, come on, help me. When? Not just at God's sovereign choice. Come on, can you see this or not? He's ordained that we be involved in the process, workings of miracles. We are workers together with him. When he reached the end of his ability to do what God told him to do, what Jesus told him to do, the power of God manifested right then. Number one, he had heard from the Lord. Number two, he did what the Lord, number three, the Lord did it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Now, we're not quite done. God's still doing things. God's still doing things. Come on, lift your hands. Let's praise him. Let's worship him. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we extend this, this thing again so I can get up here? Can we extend it out a little bit? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, when the Lord tells us to do a thing, we should do it. And in an atmosphere like this, he may say, stretch out your hand. He may say, reach out. He may say, look out of that eye that you couldn't see out of. He may say, listen out of that ear that you couldn't hear out. He may say, take off and run down the aisle. Not just you trying something now. It's not about trying something. It's about hearing from him and then taking a step. Somebody needs to move their, move their knee right now. You need to move it. You've had knee issues, but the power of God's here to heal that knee right now. And he, he's saying, move it. Move that knee. Move, that, move it in faith. Move it in faith. Knee be healed. Cartilage be restored. Bone be restored. Sinew, ligament be restored, be strengthened, be healed in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Joints are being healed all over. Shoulders, elbows, wrists and ankles, hips, joints are being healed. If that's you, don't miss it. Take it. And if the Lord tells you to move something, move it. And when the power of God manifests, say it right out loud. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come on, lift your hands. Keep our faith stirred up. You're not just expecting for yourself. You're expecting for people behind you, beside you, in front of you. Thank you, Lord. 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 You're my healer. You're my healer. You're the miracle worker. Oh, come on, praise Him for working in your life. You're the miracle worker. You're my healer tonight. Every day in every way You are God that heals me Lord my physician You are You are My healer My 
It wasn't just up to God when you were born again. Most of us could have been born again much earlier than we were. But there was a point where you confessed and received Jesus as my Savior. You do the same thing with him as your healer. You need to say it tonight. Lord, you're my healer. My healer. You are my healer. You're my physician. You're my miracle worker. You're my deliverer. You set me free. You're my
heart for the Lord. The Lord brought this up in the first of the service, and it's still going. You don't have to look at me right now. Just focus on him. But AIDS is being healed. Easy for the Lord. And all manner of blood disorders and blood disease and disease of the immune systems being healed right now in Jesus' name. I come against that spirit of infirmity. I come against the spirit of death. And I say, come off of them in Jesus' name. Come off of them in Jesus' name. Leave them, leave this place in the name of the head of the church. Jesus, glory to God. Immune system, be restored. Be restored, be revived. Stop thinking about your mistakes. Stop thinking about that. That'll hinder you. That'll hold you. Receive your forgiveness. Receive your cleansing. Don't bring it up again. Everybody say, I receive. Complete forgiveness. Complete cleansing. From every sin. Every failure. Every mistake. I receive the righteousness of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're either clean or you're not. You're either clean or you're not. You're either forgiven or you're not. And we are. And we are. We are. joy of the Lord flow up in you. Let the joy of the Lord laugh and rejoice. Laugh and rejoice. Be glad.
you don't have to make the same mistakes and the same sin over and over again you can be free but you want to you want to sit out loud I don't want that come on you need to mean business now I don't want that I resist that in Jesus name say this out loud work in me Lord to will and to do of all your good pleasure to desire and accomplish what you want. I'm willing to be willing and to do your will. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So say it again. I'm free. I'm free.
Let's just lift our hands and thank the Lord for everything He has done, is doing, and will continue to do. As you lay in your bed tonight at home, the power of God will continue to work. As you get up in the morning and go about your day, the power of God will continue to work. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Pastor. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Is anybody free here tonight? Amen, amen. Amen. You know, you know I, I wonder if, if, the, if the Lord has already given further direction to some individuals. Meaning, number one. And sometimes we hear it when it comes out of the preacher's mouth. You know, like the words are run. I knew that right before he said it, too. And I thought, this is the word for some people. They're just not hearing it yet, but this will help them. And sometimes there, there is an action point, an action point that the Lord has given a person. And, uh, and they're thinking about it, thinking about it, is that it, is that it, is that it. And sometimes that action point is, is there. It's there in your heart. Amen. Amen. And so, and so you, might, you might consider as we go here tonight, uh, as we end... Is there, a, is there something I already know I'm supposed to do? Is there someone I'm supposed to tell? Is there something I'm supposed to say? Amen. Just like, just like people would pull that scab off again and they'd repeat the old, they'd repeat the, the pain, the, 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 the harmful thing. Maybe there's a, a word that you're supposed to repeat, but it's not that. It's the opposite. It's the telling of the healing. It's the sharing of the victory. It's the declaring and you find someone to get, you know what the Lord just did to me. You know what just happened in my life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't the Lord good? Praise God. How, how many tonight, let me just ask real quick. Uh, how many tonight, there were a lot of things said and, and, and called out and spoken and many physical and some on the, you know, emotional side or on the, you know, the dep depression thing. And, and I realize some, they, they're not necessarily physically identifiable immediately uh, but many things are how many tonight just by the lifting up of your hand you could say yeah one of those is me one of those happened in me here in the service tonight hallelujah wow hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> come on now tell the truth and shame the devil <laughs> Glory to God! Hallelujah! Yeah! Glory! Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! Glory to God! We give you thanks, Lord! We give you praise! Praise God. Sometimes you do things like that, and and just as you do, you, all of a sudden the manifestation increases and speeds up right in your body right there.
because you just gave place to a, a voice of victory. You gave pr- place to that shout of praise. Amen. Just like the shout or the whine of problems and of worry and fear and, and, and the work of the enemy increases that darkness. The shout of praise increases the manifestation of his light and his victory. Hallelujah. Amen. Usher, uh, ushers, don't let anyone leave without without a smile. If you guys could just... Ho- if anyone's not smiling on the way out, just hold them inside a little bit longer. Let them stew a little bit. <laughs> stew in the good, you know. A little bit more. Amen. Well, we're looking forward to, to tomorrow night. And... Uh, Brother Hankins will be uh, with us. Going to have a tremendous time. 7 o'clock tomorrow night.